0: This is a SHOCK podcast SHOCK Due to the discussions of murder, sexual activities and assault Listener discretion is advised, especially those under 13 The world is full of dangers and mysteries Among them are the notorious serial killers Who have terrorised and fascinated people for decades How did they commit their crimes? How were they caught? But most importantly, what were their motives? Ah! Can You Solve It? is a podcast that talks about notorious serial killers. This is Irdina Isha, your host for this series. Each week, you will join me in sharing stories of global cases that had happened, not to encourage murder, but to discuss ways on how it could have been better, or much even prevented the Murder. murder. It's our last day at the studio for this series. Thank you for listening to us all along. I would usually say welcome back. Today, I'm feeling a bit sentimental knowing that this would be our last ever session together at the studio for Can You Solve It? I'd like to add more, but I don't want to bore you. So let's get into today's topic straight ahead. Today, we will be talking about the lipstick killer and different than the previous episodes. This time around, we will let you, the person listening, take the lead and investigate, be all Sherlock Holmes today and decide on your own, like really figure it out on whether the accused in this case, which was William Hirons, go figure out if he really was the murderer, what's your opinion on this? Because up till today, though he has served his sentences and had even passed away, there are still a group of people who argue that he was in fact innocent and that the crimes might have been done by someone else. But hey, before we go further, I'm Irdina Isha and with me as always, person who's been here all along since day one. The person who's also the reason why I got the chance to do this podcast, my colleague Iswin Hanis.
1: Hello. I'm Izwin. You've heard my voice. Nine episodes so far.
0: Any feelings to share, Izwin?
1: I've been grateful mostly because this podcast has been doing really well and so far all of the feedback that we've gotten have been very positive so and I'm also the producer of this podcast so it has been really enjoyable to work on a true crime podcast.
0: Okay. Thanks, Izwin. Now now let's kickstart the story with this lipstick killer there were three victims. The first one was Josephine Ross. She was 43 years old. On 5th June 1945, she was found dead in her apartment in Chicago with multiple stab wounds on her neck and her throat slit. Strangely though, her head and neck were wrapped with a skirt as if the murderer wanted to fix the damage done. So her wounds were also reportedly taped shut. Not just that, it was also reported that she had been washed and cleaned before she was left on her back. However, police still found a tuft of dark hair within her clutch. Perhaps she was struggling before she was murdered, so mm-hmm. she could have managed to grab the killer's hair in an attempt to fight back. And because of this, they suspected that the killer must have had a dark hair. Mm-hmm. On top of that, witnesses claimed to have seen a dark complexion individual escaping during the time of killing. And for this murder, the police initially suspected Josephine's ex-boyfriends and fiancé, but all of them had alibis. So Due to this, they believed that perhaps the killer just simply wanted to steal, but then had to change their plans because the victim was home, hence leading to Josephine's death. So the case went cold because the only evidence was the hair in the victim's hand. So the police moved on without suspecting a thing until 10th December 1945.
1: Oh, I was gonna ask what year was this because wouldn't there be DNA to check mm. for hair? Not by then maybe.
0: Oh, I'm not sure either. Yeah. How do we do that? But if we learn science, shouldn't we be able to trace it back?
1: I don't know. This is the 40s, right? Yeah. 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 So I don't
0: know. Now let's continue on 10th December 1945. It's the second case, everybody. So if you're wondering why today's topic is called the lipstick killer, it's because of the message found in the living room of an apartment at 3941 North Pine Grove Avenue in Chicago. On that tragic day, 10th December 1945, a cleaning lady had heard loud music playing from that unit, 3941. So the door was left ajar, and what was found later in the bathtub of that unit was the body of Frances Brown, who was only in her early thirties. So like this cleaning lady, she heard something, and she went to check up that unit, and apparently the door was left open. Mm -hmm. Then she found the body. There was a bullet wound to Frances Brown's head, and a knife lodged into her neck. Interestingly, Similar to what had happened with Josephine Ross, it was also reported that her body had been cleaned. Not only that, but her head was also wrapped. Some source said it was wrapped with towels, some source said it was wrapped with pajamas. Either way, it was covered because her head was wounded with that bullet shot. And this modus operandi seemed familiar to the police. Mm-hmm. But what made it into a frenzy was the ever sensationalized message scribbled on the wall of Francis Brown's living room. Why lipstick killer, you ask? Because that message was written using a lipstick. And it goes, For heavens sake, catch me, before I kill more Mm -hmm. I cannot control myself And this The thing that was scribbled This took the headlines in the newspapers Catching the public's attention It was wild Crazy wild The people went into a state of fear-induced frenzy With what the Chicago press dubbed As the lipstick killer Still on the loose And for this case Which happened at Francis Brown's apartment There was another evidence too Although the killer was particular In cleaning up the victim's body He, however Wasn't forensically aware enough since he had left a blood smudge, like a small one, at the door gym. And what was said to be the last murder of the lipstick killer, so this is the last victim, the third victim, happened to be six months later on six January 1946, with the victim being Susan Dagnan, a six-year-old girl.
1: Wait, yeah,
0: six-year-old? Yeah, she was six.
1: So what were the ages for the previous two?
0: Josephine Ross was in her 40s, and then Frances Brown was in her 30s. Uh And now it's just a little girl Yeah, Susan Beckman She was six She was just a child Mm -hmm. Too young to die And definitely too innocent to be decapitated Wait I might might have just spilled too much there Oh, She was decapitated Mm -hmm. Okay Okay (sighs) Yes, people The lipstick killer's third and last ever murder Was also the most gruesome of them all So what happened on 6th January that year was that Suzanne had been kidnapped from her bedroom. It was reported that there was a ladder outside their house. It was also an apartment. So apparently, the perpetrator climbed inside Susan's bedroom using her window. Perhaps the window didn't have any grills or maybe it was left open. But whatever the case, she was kidnapped from the very space that should have been a shelter to her. I mean, it's different if you're kidnapped outside. But she was taken from her home. And the moment her father realized that she was missing, which was the next day on 7th January 1946, around 7.30 in the morning, he found a note left in her bedroom. A ransom letter scribbled on an old piece of oil-stained paper and it wrote, Get $20,000 ready and wait for word. Do not notify FBI or police. Bills in fives and tens. Burn this for her safety. But here's the thing, the letter, it was written with spelling mistakes. Capital letters here and there, like the word ready instead of being spelled correctly R-E-A-D-Y it was written as R-E-D-D-Y like the word wait Mm W-A-I-T it was spelled W-A-I-T-E and the safety the safety had had a missing E anyhow the letter was confirmed to be a ruse because the next day the police discovered some strange looking thing in a sewer basin so there's actually another part of the story okay like it's different than the previous ones so Susan Dagnan's father his like... But he holds a, an important position. Okay. And that was like... He had been receiving threats before. And then so after he found out his daughter's been missing... And then the police received like a tip. And that's when, you know, the next day... The police tried to find i mean places that the victim could be mm-hmm. and then so they searched everywhere here and there they looked at this area like a sewer so what they thought was a large doll's head like there was yellow hair of this doll dirty sewer water what they thought was a doll yeah it was actually the severed head of little suzanne and then more police searched the area nearby and in no time they found one of her legs in another sewer soon they discovered another leg and her torso was found later in a storm basin like it took police a month to find her arms imagine this happening to your own kid or your little sister I don't have a child or a little sister but I can't ever imagine this being done to anybody so it, it was terrible but anyway the police assumed body was dismembered close to where the parts were found in a laundry room and close to that room police found a bit of wires that had been used to make a noose and still connected to it were strands of the victim's hair. What they assumed was like, after Suzanne had been kidnapped, so this person brought this girl to this laundry room and maybe he murdered her or something and then he chopped her off, like decapitated. The murders, they had all happened in proximity or close enough. I mean, like I mentioned, this third case though, there might be something more to it since Suzanne's father, James. yeah, okay, this is the part. He was a senior executive at the Office of Price Administration, OPA, that was discussing placing an extension on rationing dairy products at a time, and then the perpetrator allegedly called the Dagnan residence several times, demanding the ransom. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago Mayor Edward Kelly received a note within days of the murder that read, this is to tell you how sorry I am to not get old Dagnan instead of his girl Roosevelt and the OPA made their own laws why shouldn't I and a lot more so this seems more like a revenge mm-hmm. even with investigators yet to connect the crime with the former two murders media trials and public notions pointed it toward the lipstick killer so it was heavily sensationalized by the media mm-hmm. and the public the detectives they interrogated hundreds because they were pressured as many as 170 people were subjected to polygraph tasses and many were arrested under suspicion and later released when their alibis checked out or no evidence was found connecting them to the murder and this also included like one of the janitors in the building Mm -hmm. he he was accused of murdering one of the victims but the thing is he had his English was so poor like he couldn't even write the words in English yeah and I heard that he was tortured but the wife actually tried to sue the police and they won
1: okay okay
0: so anyway now let's come down to this how exactly did William Hirons get into all of this? Yeah, yeah like what was the connection that had linked him Mm -hmm. here's why on one of the nights after these murders had happened he was out still but before we get ahead with what had happened that had led to his arrest let's just rewind back to his childhood days and discover who William Hirons really was now William George hirons. He grew up with parents who constantly argued. As an escape, he developed a habit of stealing for fun, to cope with what, whatever mm. misery that's going on in his life. It, it was said that when he was 12, as a grocery delivery boy, he stole for the first time by reaching through the crack in a chain-locked apartment door to lift a single dollar bill from an open purse inside after having been accidentally shortchanging himself with the customer. After that, stealing became second nature to hirons. On top of what's happening in family like it's not always peaceful all the time. Hirons noted that his actions at the time were motivated by the need for money as his family weren't well off financially. And then he was arrested for the first time in June 1942 at the age of 13 for breaking into a basement locker in an apartment near his home. And after he was found guilty in juvenile court, out of 10 counts of burglary, he was sentenced to spend a year at a semi-correctional school in Indiana. When he got back to Chicago the following summer, he was arrested again and this time he was sent to a private school in peru illinois and he had always been a good student at school because of this he got an offer to study at uni of chicago as part of the experimental scheme which was open to gifted students so though he, he
1: loved to steal he's a smart boy the thing is a lot of the murders and serial killers mm-hmm. they're actually really smart that's why they become circular they're not like your average joe thinking mm. they would have methodically think things through Mm -hmm. in order to ensure that they can keep killing. Because Aww. you look at Ted Bundy. That's the show I was watching, Mindhunters. He's actually a real serial killer, but I don't remember his name. Mm-hmm. He is one of the smartest men the FBI have met because prior to killing, he mm-hmm. spent most of his life researching what's the best way to attract women and what's the best way to lure them and to kill without being caught. And he wasn't caught for years. In fact, he didn't get caught. He surrendered himself to the police. He literally told the police, you haven't caught me yet and I've killed like 30-40 women. Well, why did he do that? I think he just wants to... He's trying to figure out how to outsmart the police. He is the reason why the word serial killer exists. Oh my god. I don't remember his name. It's a really good show, Mindhunter. It's about um the start of serial killer. It's really slow. So if you don't like slow shows, don't watch it. Interesting, is
0: With William Hirons, right? He was at uni of Chicago at the age of 17. I mean, by that time, he was keeping himself busy. I mean, he was dancing, playing chess, purchased a redo phonograph and began a collection of South American classical music. I mean, he was thriving and And he had good looks, so he was very popular with the girls. And then, on the night that this happened, he wanted to go out on a date with his girlfriend. Yeah, he had a girlfriend at the time. The thing about him is, he didn't have a cash in hand. So he set out to cash his $1,000 savings bonds and which was previously bought using the money taken from previous burglaries. Mm-hmm. And he did, like I said, he needed money to go on a date with his girlfriend because he planned to bring a lot of money along with him. He brought a revolver with him too. But when he got to the post office, he discovered that it was closed. And because of this, he decided to get the cash he needed by stealing in a building he had stolen before, which was just a few blocks from Dagnon's house. That's a mistake. So what happened is that he had just lifted a dollar bill, a dollar bill from inside an open apartment when a tenant spotted him. I mean, imagine the situation, you know, something's crazy happening, the lipstick killer. So of course, people are very aware. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what happened. And then Hirons quickly ran up the back stairs of a nearby building when he was cornered by two policemen. And that's when he pulled out the gun. But he accidentally pulled the trigger. Oh no. Mm, and the revolver misfired. But Hyren's denied that he ever tried to shoot the policeman. After his mistake, his accidental mistake, Hiron's head was smashed by Flower Pots, which was where he had to get his head stitched and bandaged at a police hospital. And during this period, uh, the police, they raided his parents' house, his room at the university because here's another catch. I mean, different from the articles that I read, I also went through the YouTube video like a documentary but Mm. it's more of an infographics. Mm -hmm. But if you watch this thing on YouTube, you will realise that the narrator, they're trying to make him sound guilty. Different than the articles. We read articles right. So they they, they would mention like is he really the criminal because he was tortured whatever but in the YouTube video uh, they made him sound like a very strong individual. The moment the police you know he he tried to fire that shot and then the police was like if you brought a gun with you that means you must have done like a crime. Yeah. And if you shot something okay that, that must be that means you must be afraid of something that you had done. So there was something bad that you had done. So that's why the police wanted to chase him down but when they tried to pin him down he was too strong. He was too strong and there was another policeman he was involved and then he had to smash this flower pots yeah. in order to like just let him chill. Because uh-huh. he was too strong to be pinned down, Iswin. Yeah. And they were amazed at his strength because smash one flower pot. He was still strong. So that's why like the police, hey, we must have caught the criminal.
1: Hmm. Mm. Okay. But how does the narrator in the YouTube video try to make him guilty? How and why?
0: How and why is the fact that okay oh,
1: made him guilty as this lipstick killer, right? Yeah. Okay. I
0: mean, uh he said that the narrator he said that this person the lipstick killer could have been like a Dr. Jekyll and Hyde have two different oh. personalities so the one person is cool and nice another another one is like oh
1: like wild you know okay. evil interesting yeah,
0: and so remember that I mentioned in the two victims earlier no actually in, in all the three in victims in all the victims okay yeah. so the first one she was slit like her throat was slit but yeah. then her wounds they it's were covered. taped yeah, yeah they were covered and the second the second one I mean she was cleaned, whatnot. So it's like after the murders had happened, the perpetrator felt bad. I I don't want to be the guilty guy anymore. So I want to cover this up. Mm-hmm. And then with the third murder, remember the ruse like that note that was left, mm-hmm. like getting ready.
1: Yeah. And when, when the
0: truth is uh, that person was already decapitated. She was dead. I mean Suzanne. Suzanne was mm-hmm. dead, right? Mm-mm. So why did you leave that note saying that you know give me the money and then Yo, your daughter your daughter will, will be fine or yep. whatever? So why 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 all that? So that's where you know the police assumed that maybe after feeling bad having killed this so this person wanted to keep the father's hopes up hey your child is still out there when in reality she was already dead yeah uh, so that's how they make made it sound so after he was you know he got his head stitched and bandaged at the police hospital during this period the police raided his parents house his room at the university they even searched a locker at an L station a local train station and discovered his haul from his many previous burglaries on the third day at the hospital parents heard that his Prince, had been matched to the ransom note and the state's attorney announced to arrest Susan Dagnan's murderer. When he was still tied to the bed, Hirons were encouraged to talk using questionable methods for six consecutive days, such as the nurse pouring ether on his genitals and a detective punching him in the stomach. Ether, ether
1: burns, right? I don't know. It should should feel hot. E-T-H-E-R. Oh, your genitals. Damn.
0: Yeah. And the torture only came to an end when Hirons eventually began to give hints of Confessions Confessions And when he was Under the influence Of sodium pentothal solution It's called the Truth serum
1: I don't think those are real I don't know though I I don't know I wouldn't know either
0: I mean it might be real But like I I meant the truth
1: serum Yeah I I don't think they actually work You know
0: I think it should work Because it goes under A lot of experiment. But the thing is Okay Hirons mentioned The name George Who could have Potentially committed The murders But I think this is The part where You know They tricked him Because he only said George He didn't even say Yeah George George killed him, George. He just said George. Mm. Harris mentioned the name George, who could have potentially committed the murders. And the search for a man named George, that could be the murderer, eventually came up empty handed. Mm-hmm. And however, the police discovered that. Hiran's middle name is actually George which is why they believe he is the lipstick killer and even though Hiran's handwriting was not found to be the exact match on the note left on Francis Brown's wall the police had only 9 of the 12 points of identification necessary by the FBI to be deemed as a 100 match for the fingerprints Mm -hmm. so so meaning like you know the evidence is not enough Mm -hmm. but they said it matched and Hiran's confession was disputed by several nurses but the police still charged him as a lipstick killer The, the police still insisted that Yeah, he is the lipstick killer. Mm And on July 1947, about half a month after his arrest, Hirons was indicted for assault with intent to kill Rob with 23 counts of burglary and 3 counts of murder. Hirons agreed to full trial even though he risked being sent to the electric chair. In the end, the state attorney offered a deal of 3 consecutive life sentences and Hirons pled guilty to all 3 murders charges. However, Hirons recalled later in his life that he only pled guilty because he was scared for his own life. Yeah. And afraid of what would happen to him if he had turned down the offer. And he maintained his innocence throughout his sentence up until his death at 83. Even though he managed to save his life, it ended up costing how he spent the rest of his life in prison. For six decades, William Hirons was incarcerated and faced a maximum security lifestyle. He attempted suicide three times within six decades. And when William Hirons died, he was Chicago's longest serving criminal. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the story. Now we're going for the discussion. Iswin, what are the faults that we could find in this story? What could have been improved? I think
1: the third murder isn't by this lipstick killer i feel the same 1945 i'm thinking back then uh serial killer isn't a thing yet but then but they just assume that it's the same person so i guess they don't understand what modus modus operandi is they don't mm-hmm. understand like how to identify what's like similar way a person might kill mm-hmm. so that's why i was like nah at least the first two victims um the lipstick killer wo- showered them washed them mm-hmm. i think those they're two the same but not the third one it just mm-hmm. seems a bit far-fetched i think That's just uh, a Decapitated No yeah That's not her Is it Is the only reason Because of letter that Was it written in lipstick Is that No it's not written in lipstick So why did they assume That it's the same Did you Out why in any of the yeah that just just that thing where he like
0: maybe he already kidnapped that person that that child after he killed her only then he dropped the letter out of guilt the modus operandi is this person like felt guilty afterwards so he tried to cover up yeah but then there's spelling mistakes and then for heaven's sake catch me
1: yeah so I'm looking at the picture right now and yes there is like capital letters and also case Mm, yeah so that is that really the only reason why they can connect and the close proximity
0: that happened within close areas in Chicago. Yeah.
1: Hmm. The difference between the first two and the last one is that Josephine Ross and Mm -hmm. Francis Brown was killed inside their own homes. Yeah, compared to
0: Suzanne Dagnan. She Suzanne, was kidnapped
1: Do we know why Suzanne? How Suzanne died? We know she got decapitated, but was she strangled? Maybe like?
0: she was like there was a noose, you know, a
1: noose. Oh. Yeah. and then strands of hair. You know what? Okay, definitely different killers. Because Suzanne was tortured. I think this is a uh, <sighs> the last one as maybe a pedophile or something. I'm not sure. There must be some sexual act. So
0: if there are two killers, who
1: do you think the lipstick killer might be? Would it be William George Hyrum? No. Unfortunately, the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. Wrong habits too? Wrong habits. I think he was mostly just guilty for stealing. Okay.
0: So, what could have been improved?
1: The police. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. We know that Hirons is most probably innocent and he spent the rest of his life in prison. And the police, because of the media frenzy, the police felt pressured that they need to find someone quickly. Mm. So, they found someone that could fit into the bill and then tortured them just to give an answer. If you look at the bright side, Maybe hirens would have eventually have accidentally murdered someone because of his burglary. We don't know, right? Also, the, on the other hand, he might even have the opportunity to repent for what he's done and then you know, live an honest life with his partner, but he didn't. The sad part is he was still alive, but he wasn't living. Just living in prison.
0: You mentioned about uh, maybe the police, they wanted to satisfy the public. Really, it's about them torturing these innocent lives. What do you think exists in the system? It could have been that, you know, maybe there are toxic People, holding like the higher-ups yeah. position could be what could have been improved actually how to make sure this doesn't happen again in the future if you were I mean if we were part of the police right it's the same just thing system just we
1: fair. I mean you're you do the news you know you talk about this all the time the thing is, is the pressure mm-hmm. there's this this massive pressure but we, we also have to remain impartial mm, I mean like there's this mass- massive pressure that like you're working on this case constantly mm-hmm. and you always come to a dead end right I'm assuming that's what police Go through Don't they have values To uphold mm. As a policeman Unfortunately We're people With strong values And I actually Talked about it Recently There are some people That mm. do their jobs Because it's a job
0: oh.
1: Like they don't care The impact The application mm. And they don't care The consequences right So when they're Most probably For these policemen I'm not saying all Maybe this is like One or two At the time um, Was like that By then But there are still People that exist today That all they care about Is just getting things done Because because it's just a job They're gonna get paid anyway But they're like What's the point okay. right?
0: Good point And this
1: is something that we Unfortunately a lot of people That we interact with Live with Talk to They don't see the impact Of their work If you're not a fan Of what you're doing And all you think about Is money Then you need to find Something else <laughs> That actually gives <laughs> satisfaction because if you're someone like is responsible for other people's life and all you think about is what you can get out of it not what you can give and contribute that's not the right place for you i do intend to ask this to the people
0: listening the burning question so do you the person the people who are listening right now do you or do you not think that william hirons was indeed the murderer. Uh, Yuzun has given her opinion on this so mm-hmm. uh, I I would say he wasn't because I read through the stuff and there was this person called Richard Russell Thomas. He was allegedly caught for groping one of his daughters and at the time of murder he was in Chicago and during his arrest he did confess to killing Suzanne but then the police later found out about William Hirons and they were led to believe that he was the real killer. So Richard took that opportunity to recant his confession just mm-hmm. uh, and, and more about Richard is that he was a nurse According to the investigators, the person who decapitated Suzanne must be an expert in doing so. Super skilled, not just anyone could do that because it's limb by limb, you know, the hands, the legs, torso, the head. And Richard's profile matched that. In fact, there were great similarities reported between Thomas' handwriting and that of Dagnan, Dagnan, Susan Dagnan ransom note, noting that many of the phrases Thomas had used in an extortion note were similar. It could have been possible that Richard Russell Thomas was the murderer for- What the third one last question what's the moral of the story for someone like William Hirons what what can be learned say if he was indeed innocent because in my opinion he got entangled in all this mess because of his petty crimes it all started with the intent of stealing I know these are the words of the devil I mean if only at least that's what my dad told me he said that if only is intended for regrets. But whatever that, if only he did not go out that night to steal. You know the word, if only? He, he would have escaped these allegations, all these tortures. He would have probably excelled in his uni. Maybe he would have gotten himself a long-time girlfriend that would settle down and soon become his wife. In other words, he would have had a different life, mm-hmm. a bright one outside of prison, not behind the cells. But it all came tumbling down because he was out to steal. So for me, the message is, no matter how big or small, a crime maybe don't ever think of doing it again
1: and again Mm -hmm.
0: because who knows if you do you might just be the next lipstick
1: killer yeah theoretically okay we don't even do crime
0: i mean we we never know what's going to happen next but the best that we can do is to prove our innocence and how to do that don't start whatever it is that's against the law don't go there don't go there and another thing it's important to know is to take our words seriously because our words whatever it is that we choose to speak if we're not careful they can be used against us. In, in this case, let's refer back to William Hirons confessions. He was the one who admitted to killing these three people. I know that he said that out of fear of losing his life, but mm-hmm. that's the thing. We will be held accountable for everything that we do. I know it's easier to give in, I know it's easier said than done, but at one point you can't just be somebody's escape route. Like think of the bigger picture of the cons- consequences that are gonna come. If you are indeed innocent, then you claim that you took those lives. So what about the real murderer? Yeah. You gotta think you can't simply cave in because of pressure, but maybe I, I understand William hiring situation he was afraid he was still 17 and his parents weren't there I mean everything was done like it can be called illegally so yeah I understand the fear but I do want the listeners here our listeners to like really take things seriously whatever we choose to speak be careful I really appreciate all of those who have listened to our podcast since uh, the first episode yeah thank you so much guys uh, I'm, I'm quite oh, I'm quite sentimental unlike Iswin, but I really do appreciate all of you who had taken your time you know either in your car or before you go to bed. You know, if actually all of you listeners could listen to our unedited version, you will find that we had lots of fun in the studio. We laughed a lot. Just know that if you enjoy it, we enjoy it as much as
1: Yeah, you do yeah and tell your friends it's such a good podcast so with this
0: final episode ever if you guys yeah, that might be a second
1: season if we do
0: well yeah so do still support us guys just you know if you miss us just keep on listening to the Mm -hmm. old ones over and over again like a broken record thank you for your support and
1: also give a suggestion of what kind of um, if we come back for a season 2 do you want us to talk more about serial killers or is there any other crimes or like
0: if serial killers which person do they want us to cover? Yeah, yeah. Just give us the names. You know, like
1: drop the comments in Spotify or yeah, in, on Shocker, Yeah, on Shock. um, on our Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Just drop a DM and we will make it happen. Yeah, we will, we will, we, we need will. Need suggestions to these things. We just yeah.
0: need support, guys. Yes, we
1: need support. Thank you.
0: Hit the subscribe button, share, like, do whatever you can to give this a boost. Do drop the five star rating at Spotify, okay? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you and this is Irdina Isha, your host for this series, signing off officially.
1: This is Izine Hanis, your producer. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the journey that we've went through for the past 10 episodes. Take care. Please don't get killed by a serial killer. And don't be the killer.